week in, week out. Well, how is everybody? Good morning. How are you? Can we have a bit of interaction here? Are you feeling good? I love that front row. Whoop, whoop. Yes. You'll be whoop whooping when I bring the fire this morning. So it's really good to see you. Thank you. If you're here for the first time, a massive warm welcome. Hopefully you find yourself at home. But if you're here every week, boom, we love you. God is doing some great stuff in our, in our lives. My name's Dan Hargreaves, a location pastor here. My wife Jo is an international preacher these days. She's preaching in Sleaford, everybody. So yeah, the helicopter came and picked her up this morning. I told her, only order red Skittles, so I've got the rest of them here today. But she's going to preach. She sends her love, and uh, she'll be back next week. Okay, so um, how is everyone doing? I feel there's a theme going on this morning, isn't there? I'm working on a message. I don't often do this, but I felt God speak to me about um, development in the dark. We live in a culture these days where it's Instagram immediately, don't you? You take a picture, and it's immediately... But can you remember back in the old days when you used to go on holiday and you used to take a camera and then you'd have to wait three weeks until you got your holiday snaps through? What is that all about? Does anyone still do that, by the way? But one of the, one of the challenges with that was that you used to send it off and in the dark, that's where the photos would be developed. They would be developed in the dark. And if you open that door and some light came in, it would ruin the photograph. Well, sometimes, too many times as Christians, we want it instantly. But God is saying, what about that development in the dark? Jesus, 30 years, not many recording of what he actually did. And then for three years, he went, boom, and the miracles came. 30 years hanging out, developing in the dark. I'm believing uh, today that we want to be people who develop in the dark, are faithful in them years where we might not see things are majorly happening, but God is always at work. I want to see a group of people who are faithful, but yet see the beauty of what God is doing with your sacrifice, with your commitment, with your every week stuff. So are we feeling good? Can you throw me a high five? So I'm feeling alive and well. I am feeling good. Great to have Liam with us, by the way. Liam here. My mates come along to church. It's good to see you, Liam. Well done. And if you're here for the first time as well, it's brilliant. So have you been enjoying the series? We are all in. We launched our Connect group this week, everybody. The best Connect group in the world. You can shout at me if you don't feel that's true. We had sticky toffee pudding. Have we got any ups on uh, Connect groups anywhere? We had apple crumble as well. It's very nice. But uh, we're launching a series at the moment called All In. And if you're here for the first time, we're talking about partnership at a live church. We are one church and we have eight different locations, which Highcomb is one of that locations. And I love it because you feel it's not just us. You know, there's billions of Christians throughout the world who are worshipping God this morning, which feels absolutely fantastic. But as well, we are part of something bigger. There's about 2,000 people associated with a live church, and I love it. So you're not on your own. You're not just with the 200 people here. We are here for something bigger. And I absolutely love it. So we're doing our All In Partnership series. And as part of that, we have talked about we are all in attenders. We commit to attending. Why do we commit to attending? Because the power of God is moving in this place. We don't want you to miss it. We want you, as you come through them doors, to be empowered with God and walk out differently. We're also talking about um, all in being connected. We believe in connect groups, doing life, doing day-to-day family with people, part of a smaller group. And I love to tell you that we've got 23 connect groups. Can we have a spontaneous round of applause for that, everybody? 
I love that. I want to encourage you to get connected into a connect group. You might not be able to attend every week, but you know that you're part of a WhatsApp group or a messenger. Someone's going to be looking out for you. Thirdly, we are all in in our serving. We believe that uh, church is not like a restaurant. You come and you just go, oh yeah, come and I'm a consumer. Come and feed me. Marking me on my preaching, no one will be doing that today, are we? We're not about consumer mentality. We're about all in, serving. We get involved. This is a family. And isn't it annoying when you sit at your Christmas, Christmas dinner and no one else in your family does anything? It's just you. Well, we wouldn't do that, would we? Because we are all in in our serving. And if I, uh, fourthly, we are all in in our praying. I love the heart of this. Nothing really happens without the prayers, day in, day out, of the faithful people of God. That's where we see the miracles. That's where we see God doing some. Trevor, are you yawning? Am I that bad, am I, already? I'm claiming from the stage. I can see you. <laughs> it, it, just, it was an amen, wasn't it? It just looked like a yawn. Yeah, oh, man, that's good, Dan. No, you might have been up all night praying for me. So, you know, I'll go for that. And finally, fifthly, as part of our all-in, what are we all in? We are all-in givers. We are givers with our time, our treasure, and talents. If you are here for the first time, welcome to the tithing preach, everybody. We, <laughs> we only do this once a year, but you're in for it anyway. So it's fantastic. But it's more than that. We are talking today about a generosity of living. How you can be generous in your time, treasure and talent. It's all in in our giving. Well, as you know, I've been fascinated by olive trees for quite a bit now. And it is the finest fruit and the soul of the Mediterranean cooking. Got any olive lovers out there? I absolutely love olives. It took me a bit of time to get there. You see, olive trees have withheld kingdoms come and kingdoms go. They've risen uh, kingdoms have risen and falls, but the olive tree has always been there. It has lived through a hundred droughts, and though they may date back to the time in the ancient Romans, they still produce fruit every year. I love that. They still produce fruit every year. These trees, the olive trees, thrive in places where others wither and produce olives in all seasons. I want your life to be like the olive tree. Thriving, producing fruit year after year after year. Not just attending, but producing fruit that God can do so much more. We believe that we want to see you bear fruit in every season of your life. I want to be like an olive tree. The Bible talks in Psalm 92 verse 13, it says, Those who are planted in the house of God will flourish. We want you to flourish in your life, in every season, in everything that we do. That's what we want you to do. And we believe the All In series is about being planted in the house of God, getting involved in partnership and saying, yes, I'm into this family, so that you will thrive in every year of your life. You are not called just to thrive. Uh, Sorry, you're not called just to survive. You're called to thrive in your life. And as you are planted, you will go and transform your world. We had the shed on uh, Thursday night. Thanks for your prayers. The shed is a project that we run as a live church and we open up coffee culture. And we had about 10 to 15 guys there on Thursday night and it was awesome. We had conversations with guys who are nowhere near church but have come in and have shared their heart and shared what they're going through. And as a church, we can be in there for that. And I believe that's a result of John Fletcher's heart and vision of being planted in this house and then for God's brought him through with some challenges that he's found in his life. Now he's going out there and helping other people. That's what we're about, isn't it, people? As we encounter God, as we thrive in our relationship with God, as we find community, then we go out to help other people. That's what we're about. We're about generous living. What God has given to us, we're about going out and doing it. 
I love the fact that all of you have got a great platform on Monday. As you go into your workplace or go into your worlds or go into your lives, imagine this, 250 of us here going out, spreading the news of Jesus Christ by living right, by generously living with our lives. All of you at the school gates or at the OAP, OAP clubs or whatever you do, you know, like the, all these kind of, that's bad, isn't it? Senior citizens, senior, the wealth, the beauty that is there. As we are, as all of us go out into teaching, out into the workplace, we've got an opportunity to represent God in everything we do. We want you to thrive. We want you to be people who are generous, living with your time, with your treasure, and with your talents. Uh, the Bible says this out of the message, the world of, oh, I shouldn't have eaten a flapjack before I came up here, excuse me. <coughs> That's better. Um, the Bible says the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. I want you to live an enlarged life. Can we have an amen for that? I want you to live an enlarged life as you're generous with your life in who you are in God. Because when God has given you so much, you want to give it away. Because I want to mirror what God is, and God gave it all. He gave his son, one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. He gave it all because he loves this world. He's passionate about you, and he's passionate about me. I love it. And I want you to live an enlarged life of you in our lives. And as you hear this message, as we do talk about money, I'm not going to be apologizing about that because it's a massive part of our lives, isn't it? Who thinks about money now and again? I do, you know. But I want you, as you hear this message, not to view too much as this all in partnership, as what does God want so much from me? You know, time, giving, serving. Oh, they're talking about buying in. But I believe, because that can be quite exhausting, this message is all about God wants so much for me. He wants stuff for you. Why do we talk about partnership? Because I believe that being planted and being in partnership, being in relationship, being connected is something that he wants to give for you. That is where you're flourishing your life. Can we have an amen in there? John 8, verse 31 to 32 says this, You are truly my disciples, this is Jesus talking, when you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We want you to be a free person here today. We're not putting pressure and saying you have to do this. You have to be a partner. But we're saying that when you plant it in a house of God, you will flourish, I believe, and you will be free to live all that God has got for you. Can we have an amen for that? You see, it always starts with our heart. Generosity of living always starts with our heart. And I want to challenge to say, how's your heart? How are you feeling? Who you really are? How is your heart? What's your attitude like? I love it when you can see sometimes talking and guys doing stuff in people's hearts and you hear stories of how God's transforming and changing hearts. It's so refreshing that you can see what God is doing in people. So today we want to start by talking about it always starts with our heart. When we're talking about generosity of living in your finances, in your time and in your treasure, it always starts with your heart. Luke 6 verse 37, 38 says, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Now, this is not just about finances. This is about everything that you give. As you give out to more people, as you give out to people's lives, I believe that God will do great things with it. You know, you talk about uh, Billy Graham. Who, who, Billy Graham had a phenomenal ministry where he saw millions of people turn to Christ. But as well, think about that person who first shared the gospel with Billy Graham, who started the ball rolling. 
And now look what, they, what Billy Graham went on to do with that. I love it. We don't give to get back. We give because we are reflecting the nature of God. I love that thought. So you are created in God's image. So we want to be generous with our life. We want to be open with our lives. And I know sometimes if you're an extrovert like me, you're thinking, yeah, invite more people around. I want to go out to more people. But as an introvert as well, you can be generous in your life. We might need to be a bit more creative with how we do that if you don't like that many people in your life. But I want to say that so many, so many times that as, as all of us, we've got opportunities to reflect the nature of God. Whoever you are, you've got a platform. You've got something that God wants to do. He wants you to reflect the nature. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says this, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I want to talk about heart. It all starts with the heart. So we've got a few testimonies today. And I'd love to start with the amazing Jimmy Newman. Why don't you come and join me, Jimmy? He's going to be here talking about heart and a bit about how, how God's been doing some work in his life as well. Hello. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to be talking about uh, giving financially. Um, before I came to Highcombe, um, I never really kind of committed to giving to church. Um, not because I didn't know it was God's, but because I always kind of struggled with where the money was being spent. Uh, it was a massive challenge for me. When I came to Highcombe, God was then giving me a nudge to start giving and start thinking about how much I wanted to give into the church. Um, so I talked to God, maybe even argued with him, and as always, God was right. Um, and he spoke to me clearly when I asked him, and he said to me, I've asked you to do this, I've not asked you to decide where the money goes, um, and told me that it was my attitude that was wrong and not those that I was trusting the money with. So from that day, I gave the tithe and the peace of God, and with the peace of God, knowing that I'd done the right thing, I trusted in him, I prayed over the tithe every time I give, and with a pray over the tithe that there'll be wisdom where the money is spent. Um, because of that now, I don't have any stress or worry about it, and God has blessed me um, so much more than I can imagine. So if you want to talk to me about how I've been blessed, I'll answer those after the service. Come see me. Thank you, Jimmy. Love you, mate. Love what God is doing. It's a heart. Can you see what happened with Jimmy? His attitude. He gave it to God, and God has blessed him so much more as a result of that. Right, our verse we're going to be looking at today is Deuteronomy. It should come up on the screens today. Deuteronomy 15, verses 7 to 18. And uh, we'll read this together. Um, hopefully I've memorized it, so let's, let's see if we can go for that. If, uh, Deuteronomy 15, 7 to 18 says this. If anyone is poor among you, your fellow Israel... <laughs> no, I lied because I'm reading it at the back, but I can't even read it. I need glasses. If anyone is poor among you, your fellow Israelites, in any of the towns or the land the Lord your God has given you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Rather, be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. Be careful not to harbour this wicked thought. The seventh year, the year for cancelling debts, is near. So that you do not show ill or what will toward, ill will toward, the, yeah, you know, the needy, you can read it as well, among your fellow Israelites and give them nothing. They may then appeal to the Lord against you and you will be found guilty of sin. Next one, please. Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. 
If any of your people, Hebrew men or women, sell themselves to you and serve you six years, in the seventh year, you must let them go free. And when you release them, do not send them away empty-handed. Supply them liberally from your flock, your threshing floor and your wine press. Give to them as the Lord your God has blessed you. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. That is why I give you this command today. But if your servant says to you, I do not want to leave you because he loves you and your family and is well off with you, then take an owl and all and push it through. Oh, I can't read today. Push it through his earlobe into the door and he will become your servant for life. Do the same for your female servant. That last bit's pretty full on, isn't it? Do not consider it a hardship to set your servant free. Because their service to you these six years has been worth twice as much as that of a hired hand. And the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. There's something to chew over in your uh, connect groups that week, (laughs) isn't it? We're going to give you four quick principles from that um, verse that we've just read. So I'd love you to get your notebooks out, write down these four really simple things. And then we're going to talk about how we can apply this to our lives. So living with a generous heart, do not be tight-fisted or hard-hearted. I love that. What a challenge. Don't be tight-fisted or hard-hearted. Number one, we are givers as we deal with a selfish heart. So I believe as you give with your time, treasure, and your talents, as we deal, it deals with a selfish heart. When I didn't get locked into my life, what do I get from it? I'm a much better person. I want to encourage us out of the Word of God that it says with a selfish heart. We want to be people who are open-hearted, who've got big heart, who are not just thinking about ourselves, um, but they are. You can be such a better person as a result of giving. To give without, as we deal with a selfish heart. Number two, we are givers as we deal with a grudging heart. In verse ten, if I get my right, my heart right in my giving, then God promises to bless me in all that I do. You've heard the cheerful giver. It's all your heart. It's an all-in attitude. It's everything you do. I don't want to be different in my life as in my celebration um, of people and my worship and my witness and our community projects without having a heart that gives everything that I've got. And finances is a part of that as well. So it deals with a grudging heart. Thirdly, we are givers to develop a generous heart in verse 14. I believe that we can develop a generous heart and it's about a choice, a sacrifice and a commitment that we make every time to develop a generous heart for God. I want to to be a person who's got an attractive big heart because I'm generous hearted in everything that I do, including my finances, including my time and my treasure. Remember what we've been saved from. Sometimes when we hold back and we have tight fisted, we're not remembering what God has saved us for. I remember periods of my life when I didn't know God. I was just walking around aimlessly. You know, before I became a Christian, I didn't know what it was all about. But when God revealed a bigger plan for my life, it opened my heart up. It gave me a different way of thinking about things. And finally, fourthly, we are givers as we develop a grateful heart. Remember what God has done for you. And he says in verse 15, I command you, I command you to give with a grateful heart. It's an obedience thing. I believe that obedience gets God's attention. Forgiven much, give much. And I love this, what we're doing. Ray, I'd love to invite you up now to share testimony on this whole thoughts. Yeah, can we have a round of applause for Ray? Right. Oh, 
It's the, it's the M word again, money. Um, I can remember being a little bit offended a few times many years ago when people were talking about tithing and, uh, and so on. And so I hope no one gets offended by, by anything, certainly not, not the intention. Um, <clears throat> I just wanted to say, I mean, I've been tithing for 25, 30 years now, I suppose. Um, and I was a little bit grudging, to be perfectly honest, when I first started tithing. But the way God has blessed me ever since I started, when I look back, it's just, it's just amazing. Um, so, uh, I really think tithing is important. Um, <clears throat> this, this whole thing that we're, we're here this morning taking part in requires money to do it, and we want to give to other people. It's just such a blessing to, to my heart and, and Angie's heart when, when we're able to give. Um, and God has, you know, what Dan's been talking about in the Bible where it says God gives back, I can just honestly say he really does. Now, I was really sceptical when I first started tithing, I remember. But looking back, God is absolutely faithful and he has blessed me and my family so much when I, when I look back. Uh, and, and even very recently, he keeps this, this word where he talks about um, filling the cup up and pressing it down and sticking a bit more in, pressing it down, and then, then it overflows. He does that, and the more I give, the more he seems to do it. So if you're not tithing, just, just really consider it. Pray about it, read the Bible, think about it, or even just try it. Just try it. It, it really works, and it, it just makes, it makes God's kingdom come. That, that's what it'll do. So I hope that helps in some way. Ray, I love you. Thank you, Ray. Really appreciate that. So we're going to move on to our application and the practicality, practicalities. I love this thought, first and the best for God. So a value that we've always had in our life, um, me and Joe, is we use the 118 principle. So for us, the, I want to give God the first and the best. So when my wages come in, I always give the first a tenth, and we'll talk about why we do that in a minute, into the house of God. This is where I'm planted, and that is the tithe, giving a tenth of, of our first. Then I use the second one to invest or hopefully save. So one, one, and then I've got eight to be generous with. And that was where all my bills come out of, obviously. And that's where I can be generous and over the top and outrageous and generous with my life. Uh, Leviticus 27, verse 30 says this, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. You see, I believe if God would give his first and best for us, why wouldn't we want to give our first and best to God? I'm not saying it comes easy, but I love that thought of Ray coming up here and say, try it. You might have heard the story, but my friend Steve Campbell went out to his uh, uh, location in C3 Church in Cambridge, and he said, I, I, I dare everyone to tithe, and we will monitor it. And in six months, if you're in a worse position than you are before you're tithing, we will give you back your sixth month of the tithe. And not one person asks for that tithe back because God does something extraordinary with it. As we give our first and our best to God, he provides for the rest. How he does it is a miracle, but he does it, and I love it. You see, God asks for us to bring the first and the best back to him. The best of our time, the best of our talent, the best of our treasure. Practically, that means we take the first portion of our income when we receive it and bring it into God's house. God has chosen the amount 10%. 
from the Bible, talking on Leviticus. Malachi 3, verse 10 to 12, we talk about it um, over there. Sorry, I haven't got it, actually. Uh, can someone look up that for, for me in the Bible? Malachi 3, verses 10 to 12, and then bring it up here. It talks about God saying, bring in your tithe into the storehouse and see that I won't pour out the floodgates of heaven on you. And as he says that, he says, test me on it. And I believe you can talk to Alan Hoare afterwards over there, our resident theologian in there. He says, it's one of the only times uh, that God says, test me on that in the whole of the Bible. It's a funny thing. We don't like to talk about money, do we, too much? Thank you, Rach. That's brilliant. Just make sure that I haven't committed a heresy out here, but I'm pretty accurate on that one. Okay, so um, it's one of the only times that God says, actually, test me on it. And we don't talk about money as much, but it is part of our everyday life over here. Some of you might be sitting there and thinking, yeah, but that's Old Testament, Dan, talking about the tenth. A tithe is a tenth of the land. But Jesus came and he didn't, he built on the law. And he said, be even more generous. So it's a baseline. We use, why we use the 10%. And again, we're not here getting you to sign off lights. We're not doing that. We're a relational church. We're about a partnership. We're about team. That's what the All In series is about. But it gives us a guideline. For us, it gives us a good guideline to start from the basis of. If you want to be even more generous, for fantastic. That's what Jesus says. That's how he lived his life. Give more than the 10%. It's not a, you must do this in stone. But I'm saying, as you... God says, test me on it. See, I won't pour out the floodgates of heaven. How God does it is a miracle. I don't quite know. But I believe that he's looking for hearts that are faithful for him. So practically in how we do it in the life of the church, we talk about a tithe. Every Sunday we talk about a tithe in the house. A lot of people in here, and thank you for your generosity, giving monthly standing orders. That really helps us to budget appropriately for what's happening in the life of the church. Uh, that goes into all kinds of things. And then on top of that, we have two yearly offerings, which is Make a Difference, which is our community outreach, and Rise and Build, which is our building project. One of the things that we're doing, uh, we did last year, is we want to organise a partners evening for anyone, for anyone who calls themselves a partners, calls this place home. And what we did is we were really transparent with the finances. And on that night, we will show you every penny where your tithe and the money that comes into the church, where it goes. Because we want to be open and transparent. If you would like to talk to me, I'm more than happy. I like to do it face to face. I've got all the, the graphs and the figures of where all the money goes. So we know every penny where it goes. And I'll be more than happy on a one-to-one -one, uh, meeting uh, to come and share with you that. We want to be open and transparent. Okay, last testimony. Maddie, why don't you come and join us? And give us a little testimony. Round of applause for Maddie. Um, okay, so actually this morning, um, what Jane said and what Ben said um, actually resonated with what I was thinking about talking about this morning. Um, so that person that was walking around the walls of Jericho, I can't even see where you are, Jane. Hello. Um, actually, that resonated with me because um, I was that person. So before I met Tim, um, I was in a lot of financial difficulties and I kept going round and round and round. And it was like, oh, my gosh, you know, like when is when is it going to be my time to be able to tithe and do whatever? Because I've been raised in a Christian household and it's a principle and it always has been to tithe. Um, so when I was in that really low um, place, and kept walking around. Um, just that prospect of 10%, I couldn't 
think of 5% or 1%, let alone 10. So I've been in that position where there is way more outgoings than there are incoming. Um, but it says in the Bible that we need to be obedient and have faith. Um, so I just, I was reminded by um, a really close friend of mine that it doesn't matter well, it does matter, but it doesn't matter so much if you can't give that 10% financially because God knows your heart. He knows that you give of your time and your talent and what have you. So that guilt that I carried, that I couldn't give that 10%, it, it faded away. Um, but I, I then met Tim and um, we budgeted together um, and we found that 10%. And there were months when it just felt like, oh my gosh, we, we're not going to get to the end of the month and what we're going to do but it's just something about you need to continuously be um, faithful you have to put your trust in in him um, where is it I was reading a ton of scripture just when you said Dan to just come up and there was loads of things both in the old and the new testament I'm just trying to find yeah so it says in 2 Chronicles, the people faithfully brought all their gifts, tithes, and other items dedicated for the use in the temple. And I just think we need to just dig into that faith. Um, and like what you said, Ben, I just think that was brilliant. Um, it is about waiting because I'm impatient as well. And I wanted to give and I wanted to give. And I'm now in a position where because I waited and waited, um, and with Tim's help as well, you know, um, I got a promotion not so long ago, um, so I am able now to to give back. But yeah, so I've I've been there when it's when it's uh, times are really hard, and you've just got to dig in and have faith that it will happen when it happens, and it did. So yeah. I think so many times we can live in a one day mentality, and some of you might be thinking, yeah, the the the, bu the budgets don't work. How can I do this? This is impossible. But there's a faith of step. There's a step of faith that we all have to take and trust in the Lord. Do we really believe that He is the provider of everything that we do? And I want to encourage you there to take that step of faith to say yes. And it is a, a trust exercise. You can either live in the one day mentality when I get enough money, I'll tithe, or you can say obediently, I'm going to give all, all everything that I've got. You know, because it's not about how much we're giving. It's about the heart of what God is doing in our lives. Is everyone good? Can we have an amen? Can we have a thumbs up over there? I think I've been on a journey with this. Um, and maybe as a disciple, a lot of us might have been on a journey with this. And I think uh, you go through kind of four steps. And the first step for me, uh, we've got a little graphic up here that we'll show you, is, is number one, all resources are mine. Before I was a Christian, it was everything that I earned. That was all mine. I did whatever I want with it. And step two, maybe as you become a bit more conscious and a bit more aware, you say, all resources are mine, but I might be aware of other needs and I feel compelled. Maybe you've seen a children in need or uh, uh, some kind of thing and you think, oh yeah, I'll give a little bit, of, a bit into that. And that's step two. And then I think sometimes Christians move into step three. I understand the tithing principle and it seems right to give into the house of the God for all the great things that we're doing as a church. But it's kind of like I will give my 10% back to God. And we get in there like, oh yeah, 10%, that can go back to God. But I think one of the journeys that I want us all to go in is step four, which says, I understand that all resources are God's and I am a steward of all that he's entrusted me with. And when we get that mentality, we say it's all God's anyway. 
We trust him and we give back into the life of the church. I believe that's a journey that we all need to get in. If you wait for a, a, a one day to give mentality, I think you'll always be waiting for that day. God knows your challenges. You all know the challenges that I've been through for the court case with Bounce Tastic. We continue to, uh, we continue to tithe because it's a principle. It's not maybe what I feel like. It's about actually, it's a discipline. It's an obedience to God that he will bless us. And we've got some great news. We've got the money back, everybody. But I think I've shared that as well over there. But it's not about that. I've learned so much more on the journey that I've done. So really, this is a challenge for all of us over here to say, would you consider giving into the life of the church? We talk about it. We call it as a tithe. And that is the first and the best, in my opinion. And through, through the Bible, what we've read, first and the best, coming into the church so that we can do all this mission that God has called us to do. Even on a Sunday morning, you look around, the hiring of the room, the practicalities of the food and the hospitality and the welcome bags and the PA. It all costs money, you know, and it's all down to your generosity. We don't get any grant funding for anything that we do over there. Would you consider to giving into the life of the church? I would recommend um, a standard order form is the best way for you to manage your budgets and your finances, and that's a great way for us to do that. We don't want a consumer mentality. We're a family. We want everyone to contribute. And it might be a challenge, but work it out with your connect group. Have a chat with them. Say, yeah, I'm struggling with this, or this is hard. Or you might be one of them who fit into the cheerful giver. You want to give, and it's easy, and you're saying, yeah, this, this isn't a problem for me. Let's be generous people for the sake of the kingdom. The Old, uh, Old Testament gives us an outline of 10%, but Jesus builds on the law and says, go far beyond that. You can never outgive God. And I believe as you give into God that he will give more back into your life. Okay, could I have a musician? Is Paul, could you like to come and strum up? We're going to land this plane over here as we run it. And uh, I did this a few weeks ago, but I'm, I'm going to do it again because I like it. It's the principles of the Skittles. I used someone else before. Miles, why don't you come and join me over here? This verse that we've used is quite, I love it. It talks about being, uh, don't be tight-fisted or hard-hearted. You see, God has always got gifts. I knew I wasn't going to be able to get my hand in here. God always wants to, to give us gifts. Go and give a few of them out, mate. Open your hands up. Go and give a few of them out. Go on, people you like out there. You should like everyone, so you should all be getting. Come on, Stacey, come up here. See, God wants us to be open-handed. He wants to give. I'm feeling even more generous. Give a few of them away. Come on, Phil. Come and join me on stage. Over here. God's principle is always wants to give. He always wants to give. It's in his nature. He's a generous God. There's always enough. Go and give them out to a few people. We're going to be wired for lunch today, aren't we? He always wants to give. But sometimes, what about... If we're not having the principle of understanding that it's all God's and it's ours. So Miles, come back up here. And as Miles comes up here, as God's wanting to give into his life, Miles is tight-fisting and he's closing his tight and he's saying, no, it's my money, I can't do anything with it. Well, what happens? The skittles go all over the floor. He can't give anything away because he's not being open-handed. I want to be part of a church that is open-handed. Because you can't outgive God. So as you open your hands, Miles, more comes in. Give them away. What does God want to do? He wants to give you more and more. Give them away. You can't outgive God because 
He's got more and more resources. Give them away. The more you give, the more God wants to get. You can't outgive God. He's always got more. This is the principle. It's not about money. It's about a heart of generosity. As God has given to you with your time, with your treasure, with your talents, I want to be a bunch, part of a bunch of a community of people who give away, who give away, who give away love, who give away money, who give away finances, because it's all God's anyway. I pray that God changed mindsets in our, in our lives today. Miles, would you just pray? On a practical way, and I hope you don't go away going, oh, Dan was asking for our money again. Well, I was, but I wasn't. Because it's a principle that I want you to have in your life that's going to allow you to thrive. I want to see obedient people who go for it with God and see Him do miracles far beyond whatever we could hope or imagine. We have these cards that you can pick up at the Connect desk. And it's really simple to set up a standing order. You simply fill that in, give it into the Connect, Connect desk and that will be processed for you. Um, you have to, sorry, you have to set that up and take it into the bank. But we take one of these just for a bit, bit of accountability. But I would encourage you, would you consider that? Would you consider giving into the life of the church? We've got far more that we need to do. And we need people's time, treasure and talents and resources. Well, God bless you. Thank you for being with us tonight. Check out in your connect groups. Chew amongst this, chew amongst the connect group notes. Bounce it off people. Talk about money. Don't let it become uh, a back foot. Talk about it on the front foot. God wants to bless you. He wants to enrich you. He wants to enlarge your life. But we have to be open-handed and we have to give. The more we give away, the more we're generous, the more our world will be larger. So God bless you. Thank you for being with us. Please don't rush off. Connect. Grab a coffee. Bring your cups. And we shall see you in the week. God bless you all. Thank you for being with us. Amen. Amen.